0: My name is Joe DiBiase. I took my first trip ever to Pittsburgh yesterday.
1: And I'm Jordan Hanskin and I spent 20 minutes looking at a map of England to find out where all the English teams played because I was in a Premier League
0: mood. Ooh, I actually, funny enough, yesterday I looked up uh, how far it is from Liverpool to London. I was also looking at maps of England yesterday. It's not that far. You can drive across the country in like six hours.
1: Six hours is actually longer than I thought it
0: would be. It's, what is surprised. that? It's, it's Buffalo to New York City?
1: If you're driving like 100. <laughs> well, maybe I am. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> really? I'm not, driving, but, I'm not uh, driving that fast. What I notice yeah. is that uh, a lot of the teams are very packed and tight. So, like, mm-hmm. I think like 10 teams are in like London and then like surrounding London. And then like... Yeah. <laughs> then, like all the other ones are, like, sprinkled around. Like, there's a few on the bottom coast. Liverpool and Everton are literally, like, right next door to each other. Yeah. And then uh the Manchester's, obviously. And there's a couple teams that are, like, right by Manchester. And then there's, like I, – I was also curious because Leeds is winning the championship. Yes. And Leeds is, like – they're, like, in their own little place in the middle of the country. <laughs> Just, like, plop Leeds right in the middle. Yeah. That, that's where they are. <laughs> But I was, I was intrigued. I was, I was interested by it.
0: Where's, where's, uh where's Bournemouth? Can you tell me where that is? Where's Bournemouth? Bournemouth.
1: Bournemouth was on, I think East coast. Okay. But I could be wrong. Gotcha. There's a lot of, <laughs>
0: there's a lot of London teams. You never know how many are in London. There's like 10 um, or something. If you count the championship too. It weird, weird that they could fit that many in one city. Now, so, I, I mentioned it a second ago. I went to Pittsburgh for the first time. You're a Pennsylvania resident. I know you've been there too. I did not like I know the, the people talk about like the bridges and the hills and such. but that city aesthetically was way like nicer than I would have ever imagined.
1: Oh, yeah, it's one of the, like, I think it's one of the coolest, like, city entrances because it, like, pops up on you.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Yep. Yeah,
1: like, you were either, you're, like, in a tunnel or you're on, like, a bridge. Right. And then the city's just, like, like pops up. And, you like, yep. whoa, there it is. And, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Uh, what were you, I mean, you don't have to go into it. But, like, no, we can we go into like, it. What, were, what, were, what was getting you to go we- to Pittsburgh for a random day in the summer?
0: I- Ikea is uh, obviously not an option in Canada right now because of the border being closed. So what's the closest Ikea to here? We need to pick something up. It was in Pittsburgh. So we were just like, hey, let's go to Pittsburgh. Let's do some stuff. So that was it. A furniture store. So you made a for. day trip out of it? We made a day trip out of uh, traveling to a furniture store, essentially. Ikea is not just any furniture store, though. I mean, that place is incredible. Um, but yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Oh, you are right about it popping up, though. Salesman? What was that? What, <laughs> are you a salesman? I I might if it's they want. Hey, if they here. this is their offer right here. Yeah. I will never mention you guys again. But if you <laughs> want to be a sponsor, you might hit me up. Like I could do it. Um, but you're right about it popping up. You, it's like a mountain in front of you, and you don't really even know that like the city is like right on the other side if you're not paying attention. And you drive through that tunnel, and then boom, it's just right there. So that was really cool. You're right about it just popping up out of nowhere. Um, all right, well, we got uh, a lot to talk about today on the podcast. The NHL's return, the CBA being ratified, which includes a finalized schedule and times for the return of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I guess we're calling it the Stanley Cup playoffs now because the NHL has told teams that you ha- since you're playing in a series, you are considered to have made the playoffs. But they are also telling the Vancouver Canucks, who we're going to talk a lot about today, by the way, that that pick that the New Jersey Devils own of yours, which is conditional on you making the playoffs or you missing the playoffs to maintain. Uh, if they lose in the qualifying round, they're not they're not getting that pick. So, or that they are maintaining that pick. There, there's a lot of confusion with it, but. I'm not sure if we even talked about it on our podcast. I think we did. We mentioned it, but um, there's there's a lot to go on with that. But anyways, that's not the point of uh, where we're gonna start. The NHL schedule being out, and Elliot Friedman, if you if you're looking for like a schedule of the series, I wouldn't recommend going to like NHL.com or like ESPN or whatever. Go to Elliot Friedman's Twitter, and he posted a screenshot of the days in a chart day by day by day of the series and it really shows you how this is going to be i, I at first i compared it almost to like oh, well, like they should have like an nfl red zone but i think the way that they've set it up and that the game times in toronto will be noon four o'clock and eight o'clock and then the games times in edmonton these are all eastern times are two o'clock 6 30 and 10 30 the staggered games, all back to back in the same days. That to me, this is gonna feel like. I feel like this is gonna feel like March Madness a little bit.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. It seems like they finally figured that out. I mean, how many times have we gotten mad at their playoff format where it's like, oh, seven, 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 ten, ten, and you yeah. have to like you decide, or uh, even seven, seven, thirty. 10 10 30 it's a little better because your third periods are staggered but like it's still like it's not ideal this is going to be like perfect it's going to be like exactly what everybody wants it's like one game starting while the other one's like closing it on the end of the second period and then like you'll be able to just easily um shift through the games it's really perfect for just fans that don't have a lot of time on their hands which is pretty much everybody during coronavirus.
0: Right, exactly. Um, and so that will lead off with August 1st, the return, uh, to play will be, uh, will be, that'll be the first day, which means training camps are back today, uh, recording this on Monday morning. And I've saw like people are tweeting out line combinations, the Bruins. I saw people were tweeting out line combinations for them, but they're on that schedule, by the way, they included the round Robin. I'm still a little iffy on that, that, that you're going to have these teams that are already qualified for the second round. And or, or I guess whatever they're calling it, the the round past the qualifying round and like the Bruins, the Lightning, the Flyers and the Capitals are all going to be playing each other. But I mean, it's it's basically preseason games like I, I guess all of it is almost basically like preseason games because there's no one in the crowd. But I, that that's still going to feel weird to me. Like if those are games, I'm not sure I'm going to want to watch.
1: No, those games are those games are weird. Um I get the idea you want to keep them fresh. Last thing you want is like a team that's like you know on a hot streak and a team that's like icy cold. And yeah, the, the team that has a better record be like icy cold and then they just like lose when they probably don't deserve to. But I mean it there is there's is a you know catch 22 to it if, if a, god forbid a player gets hurt like yeah. a story to that. It's like <laughs> Well, yeah. That team's out of their best player because they were playing a stupid game, stupid mm-hmm. round-robin game for no reason, just as, you know, keep fresh. Yeah. Um, I think that that could be a unforeseen problem by the NHL.
0: Also, if I were in charge, I would definitely be like, hey, you guys want to – you're going to play in this round-robin tournament. If you win it, you're going to get to pick who you play. You got to make it fun. You got to make it fun right. some way, but I, I'll give that a kill credit. They've done some stuff like that recently, but I wasn't expecting they'd go all the way that direction. Um, CBA's ratified. That came out on Friday, so we have a, we had a whole podcast – Almost entirely dedicated to Team USA and the return of Olympic hockey from last week. Check that out for me and Jordan uh, from last week. And I also spent some time talking USA, comparing the Team USA versus Team Canada with Tom Gazzola, my partner from the Locked On NHL podcast. Check that out at Locked On NHL as well. Um, so the CBA stuff is put to bed. A nice smooth labor transition, a, a rarity I would say in the Gary Bettman era uh, for the NHL. But but it happened and. Um, that means we could put that away for the next six years and we could talk more about on ice things. And we have a nice little trade nugget from the weekend. And it was not one that I saw coming, but I guess if you looked a little bit deeper, you could have predicted it in the Vancouver Canucks. who have a very bad cap situation right now. We will get to why this is a, a thing that they are considering in the first place. But we had Matt Sikaris of TSN 1040 in Vancouver say on Friday night, quote, I'm told the Canucks are exploring the possibility of trading Brock Besser. Thomas Drance, a another Canucks reporter added that he's heard the club has come to rate Tyler Toffoli more highly. Now Toffoli is, is an upcoming unrestricted free agent. He is also 28 years old. That really plays into the whole uh, – Jim Benning, who I think is one of the worst GMs in the sport, has, is just always f- swept up in signing veteran players to expensive contracts on short-term deals. And even though he gets them on short-term deals and they're you know around the age of 30 – on the short term, this is now maybe why you have to make a move like this. We'll get into that in a second. The player himself. I love Besser as a player. Uh, I know uh, you've got the stats in front of you, but like he is one of my favorites in terms of like scoring wingers.
1: Yeah, I mean – his numbers aren't they're not they're not good like compared to his like standard i mean 16 goals 29 assists yep, 45 points after, yeah. after having after having a 55 point season and a 56 point season but still you know he's 23 and he still scored 16 goals like that's yep. something you know our team the sabers could definitely use mm-hmm. um and i think that you know the having a down year it seems like he's been chosen as like kind of the sacrificial lamb for a team with cap troubles, but I don't know if he necessarily deserves
0: that. Right. And I I will say, you know, like if you look at his uh, goals per 82 games pace, um, he, for 82 games, his goal pace for his career is 31 goals. He's never gotten to 31 goals because he has had injury problems throughout his career. Not like major, but you know, this year he missed about a dozen games. Last year he missed about a dozen games. The year before that he missed 20. So he, he's been a little bit in and out of the lineup. He's still giving you 60-plus games, so I'm not sure it's a huge concern if you were acquiring him. But it is something to think about. Even you go back to his 19-year-old rookie season, he only played nine games, but he scored four goals. So... Yeah, you're right though. Down year this year, he still was probably going to reach 20 goals almost for sure. Um if he had gotten a few more games in, if they had completed the season. But what is like that those numbers to you? Like it, I know on the surface the numbers almost look like you're acquiring another Sam Reinhart. I would say to that you are in terms of production, but it's a different way that he's doing it. He's not, you know, like the net front guy who is, you know, like Reinhart almost puts up the points he does almost differently than a lot of players do. Besser is almost closer to Olsson for me, where he'll just stand in the face-off circle and he'll just rip it. Um, so, like, how does that sound to you? Like, getting another player of, like, Reinhardt's caliber, maybe, but in a different style.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, one, because he is different than Reinhardt. At least, I mean, the stats would say he's more of a goal scorer. Yep, and you know the Sabers. Sabers still need more of those. Like I think that they're still banking center wise. They're still banking on Cousins, and they're still banking on Middlestat. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, just just adding more goal scorers to an offense that is so one dimensional and it literally just revolves around Eichel um, can never mm-hmm. hurt. Um, right. But I do think I think the asking price might be a bit too high for the Sabers.
0: And, and let's get right into that. Uh, actually, before we get into what it would cost, so let's let's get into why Vancouver is here in the first place. And maybe while we're in the process of this, we can determine what the Canucks would actually be looking for in terms of a trade. Jim Benning, who I mentioned, I do not have much respect for as a GM in this league. I can't believe that he is still going as their GM. Uh, and really, it's because they've kind of backed their way in with luck to a couple of playoff spots in the last five years. But I would never have said that they were ever threatening for anything important in the last, really, ever since they, they made the Stanley Cup about 10 years ago and lost to the Bruins. Since then, I mean, Benning has been signing veteran players left and right to expensive contracts. And I think that's really why you have to look at the situation that they're in. Look at some of the money tied up in older guys, Louis Erickson at 34 years old. He's got two more years after this year. at 6 million bucks. Uh, you've got Brandon Sutter. Who's got another year left at 4.3 million dollars. He's 31 years old. Antoine Russell is 30. He's got two more years left at $3 million per Jay Beagle at 34. has got two years left at $3 million per year. Those guys, by the way, Russell and Beagle, they're they're more like fourth liners at this point in their careers. So you add them together and you basically got a Kyle Poso. Um, Um, And then you look on the back end, Alex Edler is 34 years old. He's got 6 million bucks left for one more year. He just signed Tyler Myers, who is now 30. And I know he's only 30. He's got five years left at $6 million per year. So you're going to have an expensive uh, Tyler Myers once he's getting into his 30s here. And... I guess that's pretty much it because goaltender, they've got Markstrom coming up as a UFA, but that's maybe, so there's a couple different things here, and then I'll add into all of that, that the Canucks currently do not have their first or second round pick in this upcoming draft, if it goes how we all think it is, and they're going to be giving the Devils that first round pick, so all of that incorporated together. What would the Canucks be doing here? They're trying to shit to shave some cap space because they are going to be coming up against it. And if this report is true that they like Toffoli, which I think is madness, by the way, that you would be wanting to sign a 28-year-old upcoming UFA to a long-term extension. He's going to take him into his 30s who, by the way, if you look at his goals per 82 game pace, like we just compared to Besser, it's not as good. I mean, he's been in the league for eight years. And, you know, uh, Toffoli's got one 30-goal season. He's got two or three other 20-goal seasons. And the rest, he's in the teens. So he's actually, if you look at production, a little less consistent than Besser. And he's five years older. So... To me, it's madness to think that they would rather have Tofoley. But if that's where they are and that's what they want to do, then what do you do? And where do you shave cap space? Nobody's going to want these expensive veterans. So maybe you go trade Brock Besser, who's got two years left at five point eight million bucks, because that's the only thing you can do. And that, to me, is just a terrible spot for the Canucks to be in.
1: Yeah, I mean, I as a GM, like, I would never want to trade the younger brighter future guy. I think that that's just always the mistake. Um, Tyler Toffoli must be having a really good year. I haven't really looked too deep. I'm looking deep
0: right up. now. He, he, he had 18 goals and 16 assists of so 34 points in 58 games for the Kings. Then he showed up for the Canucks played 10 games. He had six goals and four assists for 10 points. So I, I, I'm, I'm not <laughs> okay. Jim Benning, man. Like I'm not putting it past him to be, to make a decision. On Tyler Toffoli, just based on ten games, because that that's all he's <laughs> played for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really make much sense to me. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like they're they're kind of, but this is a that's a team that the Sabers and teams like that. This is a team you go after. Oh yeah, like when they're trade when they when they start doing weird stuff like this, this is when you jump. <laughs> this is when you pounce. This is what the good teams do. They always pounce on moments like this. Uh, say like when PK Subban wanted when Montreal for some weird reason wanted to trade PK Subban, who jumped who jumped at the bait. Uh, Nashville, like a a well-run organization, a guy that's been there for what thirty years or something ridiculous. Yeah, he's been seems like yeah. So it's like. Sabres, time to, time to maybe show, show the fans that you can actually that, be yeah. smart with something and Just, go, after, go after a team that's kind of bleeding because of their own miscues.
0: This could be all, all the people snickering and, and basically questioning the Kevin Adams hire. If you're Kevin Adams, this is, the, this is the trade you go for. This is how you make your mark. You come out swinging with a Brock Besser trade. Um, and we will get into much more what it would cost for the Sabres, what it should cost and what their lineup and what their roster would look like up front should they go out and get Brock Besser, who, I mean, reportedly here, the Vancouver Canucks are willing to trade him. The Sabres need goal scoring. This should be a guy that they're interested in. Before we do that, though, I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about rockauto.com. Family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast, Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. We are going through Brock Besser as a trade idea right now of the Vancouver Canucks. Jordan read off his stats a couple of minutes ago. 16 goals, 29 assists for 45 points in 57 games this season. So a little bit of a down year in terms of goal scoring. I guess he is a little bit above his normal pace, though, in assists. In fact, he's actually well above his normal pace in assists, but still. Uh, And the seasons before that, 26 goals in 69 games. 29 goals in 62 games. We are talking about a legitimate top six winger, scoring winger who is just now probably entering his prime. Or you would think at 23 years old. And I just imagine as a right winger, sticking him either with really. I mean, this would probably be your dream, I'm sure. And maybe this is why you would like this idea more than anybody because I think uh, I, I might be higher on Reinhardt than you. And but I think we are both in the camp of we want to get Reinhardt away from Michael. And you go trade for Brock Besser, a goal-scoring right winger, that's how you get Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt separated.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that it's it's been very clear for me. I mean, last year it was mostly because I think that you want to make Reinhardt earn the expensive contract. And now, now that cat's out of the bag. And now I kind of just want it. I just want it now because I... I want it out of spite now I'm just kind of (laughs) mad um no but I think I think it would like work better I think the I think the offense would work better with Reinhardt away from Eichel because Reinhardt you're right he's not that bad like he's he's pretty good and he could make your second line better Mm -hmm. than what they what they were last year and Brock Besser I think would be a better fit with Jack Like I think that Jack needs goal scorers around him. Jack thrives at his, Jack will play at his best Mm -hmm. with goal scorers on his wings and guys that are just having nose for the net. And Reinhardt I think has found some part of that with like his net front presence and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. he, he does, he doesn't have that instinct the way that Brock Besser and the guy like Jeff Skinner has.
0: Yep, and I do I – I'm looking this up right, real quick. I do believe Besser and Eichel, uh, they did – did they? No, Besser would have been on the U18 team. So I don't think they would have been teammates uh, when – in the World Juniors. Uh, Besser – Besser might have actually never even played the World Juniors because he's with the Canucks as a rookie. Um, I'll look into that more. Hopefully I have an answer on that by the end of the podcast. But it doesn't look like they played together at all. Um. Unless uh, their their paths are probably crossed at some point in USA Hockey, I'm sure. But what would it cost to get Besser to get this result that we're talking about? I want to go through what our what the lineup of the Sabers would look like uh if they were to pull this off. But what should it cost? And we just ran through what vancouver is missing they are missing a first and a second round pick uh tentative on that first round pick they are and if they by the way if they're not missing this year they'll be missing next year so they've limited draft capital they have a lot of older expensive players they have an older team they have good young players like quinn hughes and elias Patterson are I mean, if I were going to rank players in the NHL that are 21 years and younger in terms of their value, they might both be in the top five. Like they are both elite level talents. And even, you know, like Thatcher Demko is hanging around there, 24 years old. So if I'm Vancouver, what am I looking to do? I'm looking to make my team younger on the NHL roster right now, add to that a young up and coming core that I would, if I'm Vancouver, I would like to have take over at some point. That's why I can't believe to would be the guy they're extending here. Um, And maybe recoup some of that draft capital that I spent to go get JT Miller from the Tampa Bay lightning. And by the way, I mean, even him, I could have mentioned him by the way is a long contract. He's got, like six years left at 5.25 million. He's already 27 years old. That'll take him into his thirties. So I'm looking for young and maybe I'm looking for, for, for draft picks. And I think you said like the Sabres need to pounce on somebody. Doesn't that sound like the team you need to do? Go make the O'Reilly trade in reverse with somebody else. I've been saying that for two years since they did it. And for that, you need to find a team that's interested in picks and prospects. This sounds like the perfect team that's interested in picks and prospects. Who's the prospect is a good question, but, Maybe it's Middlestat. Is that is that we've talked? We'll talk more about him, but like, are are we ready to trade Middlestat in a deal like this? Because I'm getting closer to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would be. uh, It depends on what you what you add to it. Like, I think Middlestat in the first is that's a lot. Like, I think Middlestat and like pick and a top ten pick. Yep. Um, that's a lot. You could bet on yourself and trade yep. next year's first, but the Canucks probably wouldn't want to do that because the, I don't, I don't know what they're at because they're probably desperate to refill their
0: yep. prospect
1: pool. <laughs> like if they don't have a first and a second this year, they're probably re- really hoping that they can, they can get a first this year. Um, Maybe a first by itself. And then you could trade middle stat yeah. out somewhere else. Yep. I think that would be, that would be ideal. Like if, what do you think the Canucks would do? pick eight I know pick eight's not yeah. super valuable but it's valuable like, though it is valuable and they would say like the Canucks would end up trading they would it would be a net gain on mm-hmm. paper they traded a guy that was drafted 23rd in the first round mm-hmm. for pick eight
0: in a vacuum but I don't I know would, if they see yeah. it that way
1: I don't know if they I don't know if hockey teams see it that way because this guy actually made it and this guy is actually good So you probably would need to throw in another pick, maybe a first and a second,
0: maybe, or 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 a more middling prospect. Like who's the who's the current version of Cliff Pooh, who at the time was (laughs) when when he was traded for Jeff Skinner, like he was a developing, promising, like middling prospect. Uh, Like I'm not going to call him a great A guy, but you know, like in terms of a third round pick, it was going pretty well. Like who is that? Who is that right now that could provide them some value as like a flyer that could someday become an NHL or maybe it's this South scary Laxon defenseman that's coming over from Finland at some point. Uh, maybe it is Casey Fitzgerald probably said that. Maybe it's Will Borgan. Maybe Will Borgen is the guy that they would be interested in. Like somebody like that, like a B level prospect with that eighth overall pick. I do wonder if that would be enough. I, I do because once upon a time, you know, the, the, the Canucks had a great young goalie in Corey Schneider and I think this was still Jim Benning. I think it was the same, the same GM. He traded Schneider straight up for, I think, the eighth overall pick to the New Jersey Devils uh, a few years back. So maybe that's a window into what Benning sees as value or what he sees in terms of that, that top pick um, or how valuable it is. So I'd like to say the eighth overall pick is enough to get Besser because, like you just said, you would be it's a net gain. But I don't know that. I think you're right, though, in that middle stat and eight is probably more than you would have to give up. Um, Maybe if – maybe this is an argument in itself, would you rather give up the eighth overall pick or middle stat, though? Because if one of the two on their own gets it done, like, what are you ready to trade? I think I'd
1: rather give up middle stat than the
0: eight. I think I would, too. Yeah.
1: Um, But I think – I think the Canucks would be more likely on the flip – obviously, the Canucks would be more likely to trade – for the first through overall pick, than the than stat straight up, stat straight up for Besser, I think is an, that's not even a cut. They will not do that. No, they won't. No way. No way. They'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. They the how do you sell that? Oh, we're trading this guy that actually made the NHL
0: for a guy that hasn't Middlestadt like. in a second. Is that is that, is that going to become the new Mike Weber, Tyler Ennis in a second? middlestat in a second. Middle stat
1: in a second is better, but I still think I think that the Canucks are craving a first for Besser.
0: I I and, will say uh, the the Canucks uh, Chad Dina tweeted that the Canucks are uh, one team that has showed interest in the past in Rasmus Ristolainen. Problem is though this kind of de- that defeats the purpose of what they're trying to accomplish here because Risto is paid basically the same as Besser, right. so you're not that you're not really accomplishing. Anything we would
1: have here. to take cap back, and that would kind of be. I would
0: be scared of that. So after tossing this around a little bit, what do we think is the most realistic like offer that Kevin Adams should walk in with? Is it a middle stat in a second? Like, is that enough we think, or is it just eight straight up? I think
1: he would be more likely to walk in with eight straight up. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not overly confident. This is, this is me digging kind of deep into uh, the scouting department. They fired like the entire thing. And he'd be like, maybe, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, like, maybe he's thinking, like, this draft, I'm not really super interested in picking a guy yep. right away this draft. And I'd rather get a player that I know is good instead. Mm-hmm. And, I, it's, and then, like, then I can get my scouting department, you know, a full year the next year. And mm-hmm. then we'll be able to just draft, like, normal then that but that's me thinking also rationally for a franchise that hasn't really thought rationally in a long long
0: time Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I'm glad you dug in on that because that's not a way I thought about it, but I think it's right to think about it that way. It's actually similar to – we won't get into this too much in this podcast because we have the whole week here to talk about this. But uh, Boston was kind of up in arms about my Eichel uh, troll job that I did – or trade (laughs) article that I did last week. And the best point I probably heard was actually – uh from scott mattia our uh, co-worker at over at locked on canadians and he said th- the best counterpoint i heard was from him and he said these are all rational but the best thing that these other teams have working against the sabers is that the sabers have not acted rational or like a, a properly run franchise in 10 years so other teams should believe that they could take advantage of the sabers and i get that i of course get that if you see what ryan o'reilly got traded for of course you're going to think that you could get jack eichel for a first (laughs) round pick and your best prospect uh even though you should never never ever be able to do that but i can understand that um and that's kind of i guess along the same lines of logic here do you trust your front office right now to make that eighth overall pick um and currently like there isn't much front office to trust so i guess my answer at the moment would be no but we'll we'll see if they uh, end up tossing that around if they were to get better what would the sabers top 6 look like and we're going to get back into who's playing center here as a conversation we don't need to do that but Good fun. I, it, it would. we could we could get into it here if you want but my overall point would be I think you're still lacking in some areas. We're still not trusting, I think, of the goaltender situation as it's currently constructed. I think the defense core is still a little bit left wanting, uh, but that could very easily be made up for by just an ascension from Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Like If those two start taking off, then it might not matter what your other four defensemen look like. But the top six to me would be really respectable if you were to bring Brock Besser from the Canucks into the fold, because now your top six forwards look like Jack Eichel, who's an elite center, Victor Olofsson, who showed tons of promise as a rookie. And we already know is a 20 to 30 goal scorer, bare minimum Brock Besser, who we just went over is like a 30 goal pace for his career. If he stays healthy over 82 games, Uh, Jeff Skinner, who we've seen score 40 goals. And I, I believe fully, that with added help, with better talent on his line, he can give you the production you want still. And then you've got Reinhardt, who we we are a little down on maybe, but I think we would both admit. I mean, if Reinhardt's on your second line, like I'm, I'm okay with I'm that. Bad
1: for Reinhardt now. It's like every time we talk about him is uh, Jordan doesn't like him.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true, true, though. <laughs> but, I mean, even you it, would if like, Reinhardt is your fair. second line right winger, like, that's that's fine.
1: No, that's that's... Ideal, actually, and well, and then they wish he could play center, but
0: yeah, and then Marcus Johansson, who I will defend because he's even with the Sabers, was on a point every other game pace. I mean, if if my worst top six forward is a guy that's going to give me forty to fifty points, uh, like. That's, that's incredible. Like if I, that's my worst right. top six forward. Now there's the conversation about who's playing center. Is it Johansson? Is it Reinhardt? Cause I would tell you it's Reinhardt. Ralph Kruger would almost for sure tell you that it's Johansson. Uh, <laughs> hopefully cousins would just be a guy that can eliminate this conversation altogether, but he's 19. And we don't really want to have to have him do that because that's what happens. <laughs> Even if the Cahoon's
1: a center and they Cahoon. don't play him at center.
0: Yep. So, but, but on the <laughs> surface, uh, let's leave all of that for another time. Eichel, Besser, Olsen, Reinhardt Johansson Skinner like is that not just that's a good top six I think
1: I I think it is I think it, that's very solid like it, that you could on paper with the oh. right goaltending and with an essential oh, defense comes. you you could make the playoffs with that oh
0: offense. you said the p-word <laughs> for sure you for <laughs>
1: sure you could
0: like if you, oh. but your
1: defense your defense needs to improve and the goaltending needs to improve because yep. I think goaltending was probably their worst thing last year. I thought it was that, bad. Like, that was a serious problem, and uh, you know they finally like figured out certain things, and then like of course one of their one of their other things takes a step back. It's kind of like a golf game, mm-hmm. like it's like, something something always falls back when something goes right. Um, but yeah, I think that I like that top six. Uh, the bottom six, I guess you would still have. I mean, you would would still, it, you still have Cahoon. You still have Cahoon around. Yeah. Uh, you got maybe, the log line, maybe. maybe. cousins. Like, you never, you know, you have like, you might have yeah. some youngsters uh, down there, and then maybe the log line, which was our one of our more productive groups yeah. at doing their job. Um, yeah. God, I forbid,
0: that- <laughs> God forbid. Like, it, maybe, maybe, I, I'm not confident in either one. But I'd like to think that one of the two between Middlestad and Thompson could give me something this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's right, too. I I still believe in Thompson. I think that Mm -hmm. another guy that kind of wasn't ready, like he looked like he didn't like grow into his body. When he was looking for us, he looked like, because like he has like all the physical gifts. Like is big, he's fast. Yep. He's just like, he's got a great shot. yeah, Yeah, and he was just a little bit like lumbering. Uh, right. He just needed to maybe like grow a little bit more mature, mm-hmm. like and get used to, you know, playing at this level. But I, I yep. still think he had, he showed up some flashes.
0: I think yeah. he showed
1: more than Middlestat did. I don't know Wh- if that's a yeah, hot take, but
0: uh, maybe, maybe we'll talk more about that because this week I want to dive into position by position. The how the sabres are set up for the long term at each at each position. And then that includes forward. And I think the biggest two questions right now are those two at forward. It is middle stat and it's Thompson. Cousins will throw himself in here, but we don't have any pessimism towards cousins yet. So we'll spend a lot more time on those two for sure. I do want to start though, we'll do this maybe on our next podcast or one of the next with uh goaltender. But that is not till later in the week. Thanks everybody for tuning in to today's episode. It's gonna do it for us. You can follow me on Twitter at You could find Follow Jordan on Twitter at J.R. Hanskin in the Locked On Sabres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.